It's time for another episode of the Parenting Stuff Podcast. Looking forward to being back with you as we talk about everybody's favorite topic, money, 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 money. Here it is. A study by the University of Cambridge found that money habits in children are formed by the time they are seven years old. Now, you may think, oh, wow, it's too late for my kids, but <laughs> it's not. I'm Tim Madeira, and glad that you are with us for the Parenting Stuff podcast. We've got a group of guys here that are going to talk about money. Yeah, I'm Jake Claypool from Nebo Baptist Church. Chris McNinney from Harvest Church. I'm not Brian Krause. I'm Wayne Morgan. <laughs> We're missing Brian, though. Oh, yeah. We are indeed. True. And I was actually looking forward to having him as a part of this podcast today because he's been getting serious yes, yes. Yeah, about yes. money. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's actually kind of where this topic came from. So I don't know. Maybe it's better because he won't convict we us. We can just talk about <laughs> him right That's now. Right. He won't put us under conviction of all the things that we ought to be doing that he is already doing about money. But when we talk about the fact that kids at seven years old have already begun to form the money habits that will be with them for the rest of their lives it could be a little scary, but Wayne, you said you've seen it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Without a doubt. I mean, I have um, kids and they're, we're talking about the stimulus and um, the idea of like, is that my money? What are you doing with my money, dad? Uh-huh. Like, And uh, I'm like, your money, did you pay taxes on it? <laughs> but in reality, they will end up having to pay it back for several yeah. generations. Yeah, right. So it kind of is their money. <laughs> yeah. In a way. And they're going to wind up spending their money before they've even made their money. Uh, Now, I think that's a great kicking off point, Wayne, because the stimulus many people are looking at and saying, free money. Yeah. And some people are, are, they're in need of it and they're putting it towards their rent, their mortgages. And there are people who are in desperate need of money. They've been living off credit cards Mm -hmm. this entire time because COVID has changed their employment status. And so um, there's a real need for many people because of that. And then there's other people who they're, they're getting this check and it's like, Hey, I have to pay down debt. Like I have this overwhelming debt. Um, The majority of people have a student loan. If they're my age, I'm in, I'm 41 years old. And there are a lot of people who still have student loans from, you know, college College. because, Hey, it costs a lot of money, not even a mortgage, Mm -hmm. you know? So some people are putting that money towards that. And then other people who are in a more financial stable position, they're looking at it as, Hey, how can I bless other people? And so they're giving their money away, their, that stimulus money away. Mm. And so those are just three ways that it isn't just being spent, right? Like it's not just, Hey, I got extra money. It's being spent. There are, there are big needs and there are big realities around money. And I thought since, you know, I was excited about this conversation because normally when you hear about it from like a group of pastors or youth pastors, Mm -hmm. it's because there's a need for money coming (laughs) up, right? You know, so none of us have a building project that we want to pitch to, but if they want to support the parenting stuff podcast, (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, we have uh, been blessed to be able to have the individual youth ministries that you guys are a part of NWRGN to say, no, we're going going to make the Parenting Stuff podcast happen. So that need is not there. So we can talk to you pretty honestly about money. Now, Chris, as you are dealing with people, especially with teens, what do you see uh, in response to, in particular, 
the word on the street, so to speak, as far as the stimulus is concerned. Yeah, I think that you're right. Um, many of the things you said, like, it's kind of my money, right? Like, mm-hmm. what are you doing with my money? I've definitely heard that kind of sentiment. Something I'm thinking about is like um, the idea of this, you know, a coming generation is a very, um, they want to help people. I, yeah, I right, think yeah. a lot of yeah. people, they have that mind of how do we help people? And there's an attitude toward money where, you know, we, we have these boxes, you know, giving and saving and spending. Um, but I think it's a mindset as well. Um, how can I spend this in a way that's going to help someone? Yeah. Okay. So, so for instance, like, uh, if I'm getting a stimulus check, like maybe my employment hasn't changed. Maybe my situation, like I'm, I'm, you know, I'm okay at the moment. Mm-hmm. So if, can I maybe, instead of going to McDonald's, I'm going to go to a local restaurant, yeah, exactly, I'm going to buy yeah. something from a local car dealer, you know, um, uh, being able to say like, sure. and that's, you know, you spend however, but, but the thought is, can I help someone with this money? Even if I'm not just like giving to a, you know, a great cause, which is certainly a great option. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but that mindset, I think, like you said, it, it happens early and I think genera- I don't think this is proven. Generations do that together. You yeah. look back yeah. at Great oh, Depression yeah. babies, you know, like there are generational things at play here too. And, you know, Gen Z is going to be complex. And, yeah. and it is going to be impacted by what we're experiencing right now, just like the Depression generation, sure. yeah. uh, which was like your guys' grandparents, and right. in some cases, great grandparents, were affected by it. And I saw it in my grandparents held on to things, used things for a very long time. We're so disposable Mm. in this day and age. And it was very different than what the Depression era happened. Yeah. They're also saying that the 2008 was a major, major component of Gen Z development. And so when you're talking about kids that are, you know, like early college age, they lived through the the financial crisis of okay. 2008. And so yeah. that is a major component for that generosity you're talking about. It's also the idea of like an entrepreneurial spirit where they want to help other people who are entrepreneurs. So mm-hmm. they want to shop, shop local. Okay. They want to buy the Tom's shoes that mm-hmm. has a purpose behind it, not just to make money. And so 2008 isn't that long ago, but it it is a part of our, our students' formative development. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you see it all throughout social media. You know, YouTubers, Twitch, uh, people who are on video games, they're doing like gameathons or whatever you want to call sure. it, um, raising funds constantly. So uh, it is a generational thing that the idea of giving, spending, um, and saving is something that's, I think, more at the forefront than most adults would like to think it is. Honestly. Okay. I, in my opinion. So you see kids thinking about these things, maybe even even more than you guys did when you were teenagers? Oh, absolutely. I, I was going to say, yeah. yeah, I just thought about spending it. Yeah. <laughs> Making it and honest. spending it. Yeah, right. get a Making job. it and spending it. That was it. And like, this, there's an overlap here with the influencer culture because they're like, right. you know, I don't okay, have to wait be a minute. grown up. What's an influencer culture? Yes. yes. So an influencer is <laughs> dun, someone dun, dun. with a lot of <laughs> followers. Like that's it. Like on Instagram, you have a certain number of followers. You might get that blue check mark, you know, but kids are seeing this and they're seeing these influencers and they say, I don't have to be a certain age. I don't have to have a certain degree. I get enough follows and people will pay me to do things and they will Mm, listen to me. Yes. (laughs) I'll I'll have influence. I will have monetary gain. Like they will, (laughs) there's this joke about the TikTok leggings. Like you get one TikTok to go viral and like there's a company that'll DM you and say, Hey, we noticed that you have influence. Would you, you know, do a TikTok reviewing our (laughs) leggings? We would love to, you know, partner with you in this business inquiry. Do you have the TikTok leggings? That's what I want to know. I don't think I want to see that. He's trying to get there and neither do I. (laughs) 
But uh, no, our genera- this generation that's coming up, Gen Z, Gen Alpha, is by far probably, the, in my opinion, one of the most caring generations. Sure. You know, mm-hmm. that, yeah. that is at the forefront of their hearts. Yeah. You know, regardless of their opinions, they want to care for people in some way, shape, or form. Whether it makes them feel good or not, they sure. just want to be a part of something like that. Even if they don't currently have the money to do it. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think because they want to be a part of it. Okay. So even if it's like sharing something on social media that makes them a part of that, that gets to that point where it's like, I might not be giving of my money, Mm -hmm. but I'm still a part of this movement. I'm still a part of this culture of caring for those individuals. Yeah, and social media has actually grabbed a hold of that giving culture. And, you know, for your birthday, you can donate to something without ever actually receiving the money. Right. And so that's exactly what their generosity, they're looking towards purposes and causes. And they're saying, hey, I'm going to raise awareness for suicide prevention or animal farms or like, you know, like uh, something that they care deeply about. And they're just finding it on a social media platform and saying, hey, I'm raising funds for this, but they never actually have a transfer of money in their own hands. Okay. In light of that, then let me ask a question. Are they spending their own money? on these causes as well, or are they only encouraging others to give to the cause that they care about? Tim, that's a question I don't know if we can answer. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, I didn't, yeah. you know, I, I don't know that's what your question. experience is there. And, uh, and that's why I ask. Yeah. I don't know. That's what I'm thinking about. Like it's the, like the mindset because right. some of our, whether our kids have money or not, some of them are going to, you know, they have an income, they have that figured out and maybe they're, you know, using it that way. And other kids are, um, promoting brands that do this or saying, Hey mom, dad, maybe you buy me this pair of shoes because this happens, you okay. know, they're made, you know, sustainably, or can we maybe eat from this, you know, restaurant? Cause they yeah. do local, whatever. Right. Um, but so it's a mindset of, can I help people? What is the most, uh, responsible way to do this? Um, so it's not always just like trading dollars. Yeah. It's a little more, it's, it's, it's the mindset behind money, the worldview. This is really interesting because they don't study a, they don't study an age group until they influence spending. And so the reality of, you know, Jake just said Gen Alpha. Well, they're not really studying Gen Alpha because they aren't spending their parents' money. But right. when yeah. Gen Z started spending their parents' money different than the millennials did. When the books came out. That's, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's wow. when they started going, hey, this is what this generation cares about because they are, they are able to track it. And it's not churches. They're going, hey, these are the cultural um, differentiations. It's yeah. marketers and it's people who are worried about making money. Right. Mm-hmm. And so those are the, that's one of the major things. We know that our kids care about stuff because marketers notice a different and how parents are spending their money and they're going, there's a change in culture. What is it? Where is that line? And Mm. they're the ones drawing the lines for us. That's so interesting here. Like the, the idea of teaching your kid that you are being marketed to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, you have a golden yeah. heart and that's yep. awesome. Right. But marketers know that. Exactly. And they know that, uh, you know, 1% of your, am- every Amazon purchase goes to the, you know, Amazon Smile goes right? to the, yep. the nonprofit Smile, yeah. of your choice. Like, hey, they knew that and thought maybe you'll spend more with us. Tom's knows that, you know, we're right. doing a great thing, which is still a great thing. Yes. But marketers know, advertisers know. Yeah. So making your kids aware of maybe what might be, and, and I don't mean, I'm not talking about making them cynical. Sure. But sure. making them aware sure. of what might be the ulterior motive. Because mm-hmm. now Gen Z, they say right now, spends $2,600 each year as individuals, the individual Gen Zer. Uh, and so that's that's a pretty good chunk of change sure, yeah. uh, that, that is being spent by people because I would say probably nine times out of 10, 
they're spending mom and dad's money. They're spending your money. Sure. And so you have a big part in training them in being that influencer to them as to what they spend their money on and what they do with it. Oh, it's huge. I mean, my four-year-old son who we let him watch like YouTube kids and stuff like that. And you see like Ryan's world and there's things he'll just bring up like toys and stuff like that. We're just like, where did you even hear about this? (laughs) Like you don't have social media. And then we're like, oh, that's right. YouTube kids. All right. Yeah. 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 So do they play ads on YouTube kids? Uh, Not really. Okay. But like a guy like, so there's a kid named uh, Ryan who has like this entire like toy industry basically. He's He's huge. Is this this, like five-year-old kid? Kid or something. Uh, I think he's been... like seven or eight now, okay. but he's been doing it since like he could walk. That's right? bananas. Like it's crazy. Yeah. But he's like through Target and all this stuff. And my son loves him, but he sees toys and stuff like that. And it is, it's, it's marketing. It's all that stuff. But you, you, I'm already having these conversations of like, Hey, so I just got this money for my birthday. Let's go buy some new toys. It's yeah. like, Oh, pump your brakes there, bud. Like, uh-huh. Let's see where this is going. Let's see what you want to do with it. Like, and, and working through like giving to the church or give and sure. saving, uh, putting it into a savings account and stuff like that. And he's four. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> like, so it, it's going to become that younger and younger. Like I think that seven year mark is probably going to change drastically as society changes, as social media changes. Yeah. All right. So let's hit the big three. Uh, we kind of touched on them as we started. Giving, saving, and spending. That's basically the three options that we have with our money. Uh, the scripture does talk a lot about money. In fact, uh, 11 out of Jesus's 39 parables touched on money. Yeah, and one of them was taxes. Sorry to break it to you as we're getting close to tax <laughs> yeah. time. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and by the way, he, said he says pay them. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> That's the bottom Give line. <laughs> so we've got giving, spending, and saving. Uh, you see those in any particular order as far as our finances are concerned? Mm-hmm. Well, I think spending is the number one that people are thinking about, right? Like easiest. I, easiest, easiest, yeah, right. because you you need things. And so you just have the, this propensity to think about spending your money. I was very blessed as a kid. I uh, started a job. I was making some crazy good money. And my boss is like the, the assistant and manager. He basically took me aside and goes, all right, you should be doing the 70, 10, 10, 10. And I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Your boss said this. Well, to yeah, you? I worked for a Christian guy uh-huh. and he was like, and he was a, he, he was a believer. He knew that I was trying to go to school to be in youth ministry. So he goes, I want you to do the 70, 10, 10, 10 nice. and 70% savings, 10% to God, 10% to yourself, and then 10% to a short-term savings. So like there's 70% long-term for my college bill, 10, you know, it's 10% to a short-term savings that you could spend, you know, kind of regularly, but but then 10% that you are actually going to use for gas or for whatever. And I was like, man, that really great paycheck just became a super small amount of money. What are you talking about? Now, for our listeners, how did you feel when someone that was your boss as well brought that down to you. Well, he told me if I drove in in a new Audi, I'd be fired. So that like, I, <laughs> he was, serious. I was like, all right, this guy wow. means something. But, uh, it was a person that had gr- great relationship with me. It was somebody that, um, already was investing in my life. Mm-hmm. He was already somebody who like my parents believed in not having debt, um, growing up. So he always affirmed those financial things. And he was a CPA. 
you know, so like he understood finances and he was like, if you can grab a hold of it now as a 15 year old, and that was probably too late according to the new studies, right. but to have these conversations and to make a decisive conversation about finances because they are being taught and we need to have those conversations earlier and earlier and earlier. I think maybe it's important to like take a step back and before we're talking about what to teach your kid, like teach them something. Yeah. Right. Like, cause I can remember my, my parents were very private about their money. Um, and I have a hunch it was cause their pri- parents were private about their money. <laughs> so, yeah. um, so I can remember at one point I first got my first job and I said to probably my mom, I said, I want to give 10% of, my, of what I make back to the household. You take care of me, you feed me. I want to do that. And she was very gracious and said, no, you don't have to do that. You're, that's your money. And then I'm realizing I, I suggested that cause I saw it on TV or something. Wow. Like I was mm. craving. Yeah guidance. What do I do with this paycheck? You know? And, and so I had this one principle that I went off of and, you know, that was all I had. And that was an opportunity that, you know, maybe my mom missed, um, to give me some of their principles though. They were struggling as well and they were figuring and learning as well, but your kids need to know something. They're craving for guidance on this, on this topic. And there's a lot of different ways you can guide them, but you know, help them out. Yeah. When you do premarital counseling, like the, the resource that I use actually talks about what were your family's attitudes towards money. And, and so the last two couples I've done premarital counseling with is it's been a source of tension and disagreement. So they themselves have never had the conversation about money within the closest relationship possible, Yeah, you know, so, and they're getting ready to get married and they haven't talked about finances. So I, I, yeah. I think it's you're right just on funny it. though. It's something that makes the world go around, but yet families don't, don't really discuss it. Like same, I mean, similar boat. Like I grew up watching my parents either spend it or give it. So like those were two big things. Like as I grew up, I made money and I spent money and I gave money. That was it. Mm-hmm. Savings was not, out like, the window. I knew I had a savings account, mm-hmm. but I, all I dreamt about was when I could actually use it. <laughs> Free money, right? Exactly. I blew through that so, pretty quick. Yeah, <laughs> right. And then even First when car, I made that transition, yeah, right, all gone. Yeah. When I made that transition into getting married, that was a reality check. Like, oh wow, I have like no money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like now, now that gear shift had to happen, right? And it, I wish like you. I wish it would have probably happened a lot sooner. All right. So how many of you, I mean, all of us here are speaking about money. Uh, How many of you grew up in a household that you would say were lower than middle class? Oh, yeah. Yeah. My, myself included. Myself, not so much. Oh, okay. My, I, my parents, I will say, were extremely blessed. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, but they they just never... Talk, we never talked about money. Okay. That was yeah. it. Um, so I, I I remember getting married. Uh, I married up. So my wife's four years older than me. She had a real person job <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> and Literally real money. And now. I was a security guard making like nothing. Okay. So, yeah. but, but that was my, that's my money. That's all I had. Yeah. So when I got married, it's like, Oh, now I have to start contributing. <laughs> like, but you were a youth pastor, so you're still. Well, not at the time I wasn't. You're still, you're still below average. Oh. That's true. Yeah, that's true. I'd so say I, these, the principles probably travel. Like the yeah. like private about your money, you're probably going to find you know people on all throughout the spectrum of wealth that right. are private about their money. Yeah. But that's the same with generosity too, right? Yeah. Like yeah, you'll yeah, find yeah. some people that have a lot and they're given plenty. Some right. people have nothing are giving plenty. Yeah, you know? exactly. like, those things travel. The one thing that I have seen is we talk about giving, saving, spending. First of all, I like to put them in an order. And, mm-hmm. and yeah. giving for me is number yeah. one. 
Uh, that is the first thing. We take that portion, uh, and we could go into the whole, uh, as Wayne called it as we were starting the conversation off air, the big T. Yeah, the tithe. <laughs> yes, yeah. As tithing. to whether that's part of the offering or if it's the tithe and the offering. Uh, yeah. But that's a part of giving. It's setting that aside first. Uh, and that is, for me, the way I do it. Uh, and, and saving would be second, would be putting the money aside. And then third would be spending. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the way I look at it. Now, how about you sure. guys? I mean, how do you, how do you view things? Well, I one, try that. one, yeah, they <laughs> try that. They all get auto start somewhere. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. They all get auto deducted. So I totally agree. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's so true. And that, I mean, that is a beautiful part, like, especially for adults to like, yeah. and, and that's going to change set too as our kids lo- get older. Like you can set more stuff up online where okay. you're putting yourself in the position to do these things yeah. in that order. And I think that's a great tool and resource to realize as our kids get older, like, we can kind of set this up for them as well. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's giving to the church or giving to a local ministry, you know, um, adopting a child type of thing, mm-hmm. you know, across the the, the world. Um, I, I think you have that natural ability to do so because of the society and resources we have. Do you guys carry cash in your pockets? Very rarely. I try to have a 20 just in case. Okay. <laughs> uh, no. Okay. Uh, yeah. Not really. Because uh, I'm too generous. Like, here's my problem. Uh, if okay. I have money in my pocket, I it's am giving it away. Okay. And right. so I need to have not, I need not to have money. I'm the exact yeah. opposite from you, Wayne. Oh, okay. If I have money in my wallet, it will be there forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> not me. And my wife will open my wallet and go, what do you, you still have the 20 or $40 yeah. I gave you like a month ago and you haven't spent a single penny of it. Yeah. It's just the way I am. Yep. I, I definitely lean towards more savings. Now, because of that, then I have to be aware that giving should be sure. the number one priority. Right. Yeah. And one of the, one of the things I think is a, uh, like a, a problem that will possibly show up with the giving automatically is, are we actually giving out of our, like, is it an actual, hey, I'm going to give because I care about this, or it's an automatic deduction like my electric? Is it coming from the That's heart? That's good. I yeah. think that, like, there's a, where's the moment of sacrifice happening? Because my yeah. wife and I have had this discussion. She yeah. says, if you're not doing it, like, does it really matter? And, like, I think I'm doing it, but at a different time. Sure. Like, I'm not taking the money out of my wallet and writing a check or whatever and putting it in the bucket at church. Um, That would be the moment of sacrifice. But for me, the moment of sacrifice is every month when I'm looking at my budget and I, you know, categorize that spending into where it belongs. Like yeah. that is my moment of sacrifice. That right. still comes from the heart. There is still a moment. Yeah. It's just at a different time. Yeah. Right. And at some point you made the conscious decision to say, I'm removing this money first. Exactly. That's coming out. Exactly. Now you mentioned a budget. Yeah. Uh, you budget. Yes. Wayne? Yeah, I budget. We're trying to. Okay, yeah. I'm trying. Okay. Yeah. Well, hey, it's yeah. a process. It, it is. It's a process. It is. Yeah. it is for everybody. Now, do you and your wives have money meetings like at the beginning of the year, or end of the year? To, oh, yeah. We to call make them, that conscious decision? We call them business meetings because what <laughs> happens is is we were trying to do these like date nights and the reality oh. was is they ended up being a business, business meeting. No. And so we we're like, all right, we need to have a business meeting. And it used to be like weekly because, uh, you know, in a youth ministry budget, like your, your salary typically is not it's, it's pretty meager. Let's just put it that way. So like, like I will, I would do construction projects on the side. I would do like, they say, uh, co-vocational, like, or tri-vocational in times, you know, it's like, Oh, we need to do this. All right. I can do construction over here. So they'll living by a budget, like just like 
it, it fluctuates sometimes, sure, you know, yeah. and a lot of people's salaries do that. Like I know traveling nurses and some people who have very good jobs, they, they have a fluctuating salary, mm-hmm. uh, real yeah. estate agents, um, because they don't know what it's going to be month to month. And so these kind of conversations, unfortunately, they, they, they get left until there is tension. So you do have a money meeting. We have a money meeting regularly. I would say that I am like the, 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 uh, accountant of the family. <laughs> Okay. Like, so we don't have a scheduled meeting, you know, a year or whatever, but we are constantly having conversations and she'll check in on the, you know, stuff. So there's, there is a very open communication about it. Okay. Yeah. We, I'm very similar. Um, I can barely add. So, um, <laughs> wasn't a part of my college education. Um, so Why he was a security guard. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Hey, paid bills. Um, so, but no, it's very similar. We have, I, I so feel your like wife we're does having, the finances is what you're saying. Yeah. For the most part. And Mine we have too. constant conversations. And I think it's cool though, because now having kids, like we're having those conversations even in front of the kids. Good. And I that's think cool. that's, I think that's good. And it's not, we're not arguing in front of the kids about the money it's just like okay so we have this coming up and this coming up and that type of stuff and that was going to be my follow-up to the money meeting is yeah do you have it with the kids involved or at least around yeah for us they're around my son's not really involved he's more worried about like hey i just got 25 bucks let me mm-hmm. see what i can spend yeah exactly <laughs> and then having to sit him down and be like no you, you we're not we're not spending all of this like yeah. let's go through that yeah so yeah all right. And Wayne, do you have it with the kids involved? Or um, and not so yet? right now we're in an interesting spot because we have somebody looking at college. And so um, that whole premise of like, how are we going to pay for college and looking forward, you know, some of those like really like stressful conversations, mm-hmm. um, those are, those are a necessity for us, you know? So we have had, we've definitely had those spots where it's not every meeting that everybody sits down. I mean, there are some times where it's like, Hey, uh, we're not doing this for a couple of weeks because you know, we've yeah. got something coming up or we're paying for something because we put it on the credit card, you know? Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to pay it off. Now, do you involve Daisy in the money meetings? Yeah, we have our dog sit there on the couch. She's very attentive. She's extremely wise. <laughs> Am I getting the new chew toy? That's all I want to know. She has a lot of potential. Hey. Oh. No, it's, it is funny because uh, one of the challenges as parents, and, and you kind of touched on it a little bit, Wayne, is if you are in a situation where you, where you have to tighten the belt a bit, uh, how do we let our kids know that we're tightening the belt without giving them a spirit of fear about money? I have one of my daughters that I I have to be concerned about that with. Uh, She is very money conscious. And if she hears that, you know, we're tightening for something or whatever, I mean, she won't spend anything. And I'm like, honey, you got to eat, you know? (laughs) Um, And so kids are different. And I think we need to be sensitive to that when we're dealing with our kids. Yeah. My father-in-law calls them sticky paws and slippery paws. Uh, like so that. there's ones that are like, oh, we don't have money, but I still need this. See, that's that it's paw thing just <laughs> coming full circle. Uh, but, uh, the idea that like, like I have one child who will literally let their toes hang out of their shoes before they ask and they feel like it's an intrusion. And I'm like, yeah. we aren't that poor, right, you know, right, like we right, can yeah. afford shoes. Right. Um, Even and if they're from the Salvation Army, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think some of the conversations about money is exactly that. Like, do we have to buy brand new? 
uh, mm. like used vehicle versus a new vehicle, like some of our, our spending habits, we don't even think about as adults. So we're not having conversations about them. And so I used to sell vehicles. I would sell vehicles with plus hundred thousand miles on it. And the amount of people who are like, call, have a conversation with me and be like terrified about the fact that it had over a hundred thousand miles. They're like, yeah, I just can't do it. I'm going to go buy something brand new. And knowing the difference in cost, I was like, I could, I could have a conversation about that with them. I have yet to buy a vehicle with under a hundred thousand miles because of that. But the idea of, all right, what do we need and what does it cost? There's, there's conversations. We have conversations about what, what does it cost us and what is its value you're talking about with the kids. With the kids, okay. yeah. So like those kind of conversations going on. All right, you need shoes. You know, what is it going to cost us? But in the long run, what's it going to do to your knees or your hips if you're playing you're playing sports yeah. on in shoes that are uh, ill-equipped for you? It's yeah. funny you said that because I was just going to go there to values. And, and I think that like there's this larger conversation of like what does our family value? Yeah. yeah. Because that's going to... Uh, that's going to be a part of everything, how we treat each other, all of the spending in the house, every, how we spend our time. Do what do we value? So like if I'm were to buy a car, what do I value? I value safety. I value, you know, fuel efficiency. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I value my moonroof. Um, like, so what are your we speak the values? same language, <laughs> same here. <laughs> so like when you have those principles on the front end, so you say like, all right, we have to tighten the belt because we value your education and we're putting away for college right now. So we needed to do this, not because, you know, the world's falling apart, but because we value this, we have to do this. It's always informed by our values. Oh, that is so good because the scripture talks a lot about that in relation to money. Uh, the Bible, when, when Jesus was talking about money, uh, he says, don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust corrupts, where thieves break in and steal, but store up treasures in heaven where moth and rust does not corrupt, where thieves do not break in and steal. And he ends it in verse 21 with this, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also, or you could flip it around sure. and say where your heart is, there your treasure is going to be as well. Yeah, and yeah. you're starting to see a trend um, towards moving away from materialism and moving towards experience, mm-hmm. at least before COVID. That was like people were starting to put more money into, hey, we're going to have an experience together instead of just buying nicer things. Right. Yeah. And so I think that that is a part of our culture, whether you're a Jesus follower or not, I think that there is a, a part of us that is is looking towards, all right, what do I really value and how am I spending my money? And I think that's a benefit of the millennials and Gen Zers. Yeah. So there are some good, hopeful things as we look at what's going on around us concerning money. I'm I'm excited about what we've launched here, and I think that we need to do another episode on finances because we talked on the big three. We talked on giving, saving, and spending, but there's a lot more minutia in working with our family's finances. I'm talking about allowances. I'm talking about, do you give your kid a bank account? What about credit cards? And then the big one that you talked about, Chris, 
budgeting. Do you set a budget for your family? And how do the kids fit into that as you work with them and teach them about money? So we're going to continue that in the next episode of the Parenting Stuff podcast. As always, a lot of the things that we've talked about uh, will be available on the website, theparentingstuffpodcast.com. We hope that you will check that out. And if this means something to you, if you learned something today or got excited as we've been about finances, make sure you share this with somebody else.